Hello and welcome to the Alpha Class. I'm your host, Vuk Skadaka. Today we are joined by the Australian rising star, Mark Polmans. Mark Polmans is currently ranked top 10 in the Australian ranking system, 119 in the ATP World Tour, and has competed in multiple Grand Slams, including this year's Australian Open. Today we'll be talking about what it's like for a tennis player, how to deal in match pressured situations, and what you should be doing to develop your game. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Alpha Class today, Mark Polmans. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me, book. Just, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, some of us know who you are, but those that don't know who you are, who are you? Who is Mark Polmans? Yeah, well, um, uh, I, was, I was born in, in South Africa, um, moved to Australia when I was 10. So I've been living in Australia now the last 12 years um, and just, just trying to develop my tennis. Um, Moves also to Australia for obviously a better lifestyle and a lot of different reasons, but um, tennis is one of the main ones. Yeah. Um, so, so now I've gradually been making my way up the rankings each year through the futures. I'm on the challenge circuit now. Um, so I'm, I'm slowly getting better and better each year, but um, yeah, I'm just, just enjoying my tennis. Um, I'm usually I'm traveling about eight months a year. So uh, this is a bit of a different different situation for me, but um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying my tennis at the moment. That's great, mate. And how was it moving to Australia from such a young age? How did that impact you as an athlete and also as a child coming to a new country with no friends, not knowing too many people? How did that feel for you? Yeah, no, it was definitely a pretty, pretty tough thing to do. Um, you know, going to school, new, new schools. Um, we didn't know anyone here in Australia. Yeah, got no no friends or family, so basically to start from scratch. Um, but no, I really I fit into into our new school, our primary school, pretty well. Yeah, um, my, my dad here that would find a job. So we we slowly got going. Um, but I really enjoyed the the tennis system. Um, I was in the academy at Melbourne from a young age, which was a lot better than. When I was in South Africa, I wasn't much of a schedule. So, so um, yeah, being being in Australia, it's a lot nicer. Um, you know, Melbourne's one of the best cities in the world. So, we we every year we got more and more, um, you know, adapted. And uh, yeah, I'm just really really happy we made the move here. Beautiful. And what type of training schedule would you have? Let's say when you're at Melbourne Park, what what would a day look like for you from a yeah. school perspective and a training perspective as well? How did you balance all that? Yeah, no, um, it's pretty pretty tough. I think for most kids to balance it with schooling. Um, it was the same, it was the same for me. You know, school usually starts around nine nine a.m. So if you want to train yeah. in the morning. You got to go pretty early, so I was usually doing three to four times a week, six thirty to eight thirty, yep. and rushing to school, um, which I'm not sure is the most efficient way of training. Um, and then, yeah, usually I would train from four thirty to yeah, about five in the afternoon, three to four times a week. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to manage just your homework as well, which is which is really rough. Yeah. So uh, I, I went into homeschooling for me from year eight. Um, which really, which really allowed me to do more, more tennis. Um, but then you sacrifice, you know, not having a school friend. You know, you know, you, you just do all your work from home. So that was one of the one of the sacrifices I had to make for tennis. Um, but um, I'm happy I did it. That's good. You always got to sacrifice in order to gain something. So 
that's good. Yeah. Also, you were you were top mainly top of your age group as a junior. So how did that feel like? Was there any pressure from let's say everyone around you, your peers, your family, your coaches, yeah. always being at that top age? Did you have that pressure that how long can I keep this up, or what if I lose? Yeah. Or I lose my confidence, etc. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Look, looking back on juniors now, um, I realise. <clears throat> how much more pressure I think the kids put on themselves. I know when I was younger, you know, all those matches at, at, at nationals, like, uh, all, like, it's meant to be a very big event, nationals at, at Melbourne and all over. Um, and you're playing as kids the same age and you're worried about what your parents will think and all, all this rubbish. Um, I look mm. back on it now and I realise, geez, it wasn't very easy back in the junior days um, because everything now is not really relevant. Um, but no, you're right. It, it, um, you, know, you, have to, you have to try to do a lot of, lot of results to, to, to try to reach the um, academies. So there's, there's a lot of, lot of rough stuff. But um, you know, I think it actually helps. I think when you, when you now when I'm playing the pro tour, just going through all those present situations, I think it helps in the long run. So. There's some good and bad things about it. I know some kids stop playing tennis due to that, so that's that's obviously not a good good thing. Um, but I think the pressure you got to be, be able to deal with it if you want to be a protest. So I think it's, it's it's actually good in a way. Yeah. So as as Mark's saying, everyone is you got to have that persistence from a youngster if you really want to push through to that top level. So if you give up too soon, it's not going to be easy long term with anything in life. <laughs> so yeah. Well, also, talk to me about when you hit a wall, it's obviously every tennis player, every athlete has ups and downs through their career as a junior, as going through the system, as constantly developing your game, you always had ups and downs. What did you do when you got stuck or you hit a wall in some way, shape or form? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think, everyone, like you said, I think everyone reaches that certain stage in their tennis career, whether it's in the early stages in juniors or in the pro stages and futures. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's not easy tennis because every week if you play a tournament, you're not, unless you're Roger Federer or Nadal, you, you're not going to be winning a tournament every week. Yeah. So you've got to be able to deal with losses and yep. deal with um, you know, disappointments if you didn't play so well in a big event and you know, you're out early and you're training all this time for it. So there's a lot of, dis- a lot of disappointments, but um, you know, I, had, I had a period when I was playing the futures where I was, you know, I was playing, I was going to Africa and places like this. Um, and, you know, you spend all this money to go to, to these far destinations just to be tennis. And when you're not doing so well, you wonder, wow, maybe this is not for me. But, you know, I, I just kept sticking at it. Um, and I was on the futures tour for quite a while. And eventually I was able to break through um, to the challenges. Um, but you know you're right. It's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tough uh, trying to deal with the setbacks. Yeah. Right? And also, let's say from that first time you got your first ATP point, was that like a big accomplishment, or was it? No, I got bigger things to accomplish because a lot of players that I've obviously yeah. been seen, obviously myself being one of them. As soon as we get that ATP point, it's we've accomplished something like we're number one in the world. But after that, what is our next step? How did that feel for you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was the same as a lot of people. I was really, really stoked. Um, yeah, it's just like a, it's, like a, it's a, an accomplishment that you've been, you know, you finally got the, the, the ATP ranking, which is better than a lot of players can can do. You know, it's not yeah. always the easiest thing to do. 
Um, but in saying that, then you also got to realize, geez, you know, um, <laughs> well, four or five hundred ATP points away from the top one hundred. So yeah, that's I think every tennis player's goal when they when they first start out. Yep. So um, yeah, you once really, you, you you quickly come to conclusion that you got a long way still to go. Um, but I was, I was definitely, definitely stoked I got my first one. Yep. Yeah. And what do you think the difference is, let's say, from that 1,000 mark to the 800 and from the 800 to the 500 from a ranking point of view? Is there any yep. difference within the players? Is it a physical difference? Is it a, is it a tactical difference, a mental difference? What, what do you think from playing on tour? Yeah, I think, I think um, consistency with your, with your playing, you know, yep. if, you, if, you, if you're playing consistently good tennis, I think the results will be consistently pretty decent as well. Um, yep. That obviously allows your ranking to, to go up higher. That's something I've, I've um, realised which is super important um, is to try and bring your best your A game every every week. Um, yep. And that takes a bit of time to to figure out how what your game style is or how you can do that. Um, but I think from 1,000 to yeah, 800, 600, 700, um, I think it's just really mainly the consistency level. Um, but then the next step to challenges, I think for futures, is just the the fitness. You know, you got to be got to be you got to be strong enough and, and fit enough to play week after week. Um, because the challenger guys are all out there trying to break the dog fight virtually every match. So yeah, if you know, if you're not in your physical peak, then unfortunately I don't think you'll be able to go. Um, deep in tournaments week after week. All right. And how do you go about your fitness? What do you do, let's say, before a tournament trip and during a tournament trip? Yeah. Is it the same regime or do you change it up? Yeah, usually before the tournament, um, I won't be doing too much fitness. So I'll, I'll mainly be on the court trying to trying to um, get as much rhythm as I can yep. before, the, before the match. Um, but usually two weeks before the, the tournament, I'll still be in my fitness um, and gym programs, yep. um, which I have. Um, but uh, yeah, usually about a week out of the tournament, I'll, I'll definitely turn it back and, and focus more of the hours on court. Yep. Uh, to get your match most, most of my fitness training consists of just intervals, you know, 25 seconds on, 30 seconds off, similar to a, 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 a point. So yeah. that, that works best for me. Of course. Excellent. And during tournaments, do you obviously do a lot of rehab exercise to keep your body active and functional so it doesn't break down? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you need to be, um, you know, tennis. Uh, you want to you want to be able to the season all year round if you can. Yeah. So uh, I, I try to I try to look after my body best best I can, and usually you can you know you can do therabands for shoulders, which I see a lot of players do. It's been around for years now. Yep. Um, and the theraband around the hips, you know, the crab walks. I see a lot of yep. players doing that these days. Activate the glutes. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's there's a few things like that um, which can. You know, leads injury prevention sort of stuff. So I, I try to keep on top of that sort of thing. Yeah. Excellent. And also with fitness, obviously you need to have a strong mindset. What, what do you do for your mindset to obviously be tough in pressured situations? Obviously, be away from your family 40, 44 weeks of the year. What do you do to have clarity with your mind? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I think the toughest thing to to master for sure is the is the mental side. Um, I think that's what really separates the the top, very top players to you know the ones that want to be the top. Yeah, um, is is you know dealing with the pressure and and dealing with being away from home. Um, I really kind of struggled that when I was a little bit younger, um, 16, 17, 18, But now I've, I've really become used to um, life on the road. 
Um, but uh, yeah, one of the things I still I'm still trying to work on is, is trying to deal, you know, with the in match uh, in match um, pressure. You know, say um, you know I was playing in Aussie Open this year and. And it was four all in the fifth. So trying to deal with those situations, you can't really prepare for. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the more times you're in those situations, I feel the better you'll become. Yeah. And um, the more years I've been on the tour, the, the, the easier it's become for me to deal with those sort of things. Yeah. Australian Open, amazing result. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but also, yeah. do you see a psychologist with, with the team around you? So obviously you've got a fitness and a tennis coach. What else do you have that helps you? For the sport, yeah, uh, I think a psychologist can be can be very very useful. Um, I was uh, seeing one when I was a little bit younger, around yep. 15, 16, to to try help with my with my ability to keep keep up the work ethic. Um, because you know, some weeks you don't feel like training, some weeks you do feel like training. So I had someone to try really urge me on to to put in a solid few weeks of training training blocks. Um, but now, even on the, on the main tour. Um, I've seen psychologists travel with players, um, trying to get them to play their right game style, or yep. trying to keep them away from bad uh, eating habits. So there's a variety of reasons why some people have yep. have a psychologist, um, but you know, um, I think no matter what your level is, a psychologist can be very helpful. Um, yep. And uh, I, I think I haven't got one at the moment. I've just got a, a physical trainer and a coach. Sykes out there listening. Yeah. He's got no one at the moment. Hit him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoot me a message. Um, also, talk to me about what's the difference in lifestyle when you're in Melbourne with your family compared to when you're on tour, traveling overseas in countries. So the training here, well, most players, if they're on full-time and on tour, they obviously smash out five, six hours a day of training. And then when they're overseas, would you keep doing the same type of training? Would you lessen it or would you increase it? So talk, talk to me a little bit about what's the difference from when you're home to overseas on tour? Yeah, I definitely find it a bit tougher um, to do my my full-time training when I'm overseas. Obviously, when I'm here in Melbourne, I have my my, my facility where I train at the National Academy, which is not an issue for courts and balls and stuff like that. Um, so, and also my hitting partners are here. So it's... When I'm overseas, I, I only, I'm only really with my coach. I don't really have anyone that can be my hitting partner. Um, but when I'm overseas, I'm, I'm, my, my main purpose is there to, to play tournaments. Yep. Um, and uh, if I need a, if I need a training block, then I'll go to a um, academy in, in Europe or somewhere like that. Um, but uh, definitely, life is different for me um, at home. Usually, like like you said, I'm training between yeah four to five hours a day. Um, obviously not at the moment because they're really, yeah of uh, course usually during the preseason I'll be doing that um, and overseas not not quite the same yeah right and obviously let's get back to the Grand Slam so your first Grand Slam you've played in the men's main draw event talk to me a little bit about what was the feeling when you got the call or you got the text saying Mark Palmer's main draw yeah it's definitely a great feeling as you can imagine book <laughs> yeah um, I was pretty I was pretty pumped um, to, to to get the wild card um, it was one of my goals from the start of the year to really try to get my ranking up there so that I'd be in contention for one um, so I was happy I was able to accomplish that and, and give myself a, a, a crack in the Australian Open um, so uh, yeah to win, to get through the first round and win in five sets um, was a great feeling 
Um, that's something that really urges me on to, to keep training and hopefully have a bit more match like that. And let's say, obviously, for not many players are eligible to play Grand Slams, for you, at a, especially at a young age, when you found out you were playing a main draw, especially in your hometown now in Melbourne, mm-hmm. would your training or would your mindset change any differently in preparation towards what you would in a future challenger tournament? Was there any difference in that being a Grand Slam? Yeah, I had to. I definitely had to change um, my training up a little bit um, because I was preparing for to potentially play five sets, which which can go who knows how long it can go for. Yep. So um, you know, during the December period, I, I was playing a, a best of five set match every Wednesday, trying to prepare myself for the potential chance I would play a five setter. Yep. And I think that really helped me. I think I think my body became more used to trying to back up those long matches. Yep. Um, so um, I think I definitely trained accordingly to what what could have happened at the AO. Um, but then you know the day after my, my win, I wasn't quite ready to back it up. So yep. that's the next step for me now. Yep. Excellent. Talk to me a little bit about that win. Your fifth set, your match point. What's going through Mark's head? Talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, I had a few. I had a few match points booked in the fourth set. Yep. Um, in the tie break and uh, I went for a serve and volley play which looking back at it now I'm not quite sure what I was thinking yep. uh, um, but you know I'm just trying to just trying to throw in something different and ended up losing that tie break in the fourth set 11-9 or 12-10 on the two so, yeah, let me just stop you there just just quickly come back and winning the fifth was, was good excellent and just quickly for players listening out there obviously you had match points to win your first match in a grand slam so it's a pretty big achievement to do so you've lost that fourth set after match points <clears throat> what's going through your head yeah no I was uh, pretty 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 disappointed to, to be sitting on a chair realising I'm going to the fifth set now yep um, but uh, you know you, you, you know you're not losing it's a even so yeah. uh, I, I realised that and I realised there's going to be one more push there's just one more set for either one to, to close out the match yep um, and I knew th- physically that he would be hurting we've already been on court for three and a half hours yep. so I, I really felt like the I was in a bit of a more advantage with the physical side of things against him so um, I really tried to get a good start in the, in the fifth, and which I was able to do. Um, so I, I was able to bounce bounce back from the losing the fourth set. I think pretty well, but I think every person going to feel disappointed after losing that fourth set, um, especially having match points and yep. a match that's so important to. Also, talk to me about obviously during this crisis. What what are you doing to keep fit, mentally strong? Obviously, hitting as well. Yeah. Can you do any hitting here in Melbourne? So talk to me. What are you doing to get by? During this pandemic, yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, I didn't really expect expect to expect to be like this. Well, you know, it's not really easy to practice anywhere. Um, most clubs are shut. Um, all gyms are shut, which everyone knows. So, so I've just been trying to stay fit by. Um, you know, I've got some weights at home. I kind of set up a little mini mini um, gym for myself. So I'm in there most days with my younger brother. Yep. Um, and hitting uh, wise, I'm trying to hit at public courts when I can. Yep. But for some reason, this seems like a very popular time for everyone to be hitting. So yeah, <laughs> so excellent. It's, it's not easy, but um, you know, the, the positive side is you get to spend more time with your family and my two dogs, which I never get to see very often. Yep. So that's one positive. 
Excellent. Um, but I'm definitely, definitely hoping the tennis resumes soon. That's good also. I think having this pause stops you and lets players reflect on, okay, what I actually have, what I'm actually doing, and it also gives mm-hmm. you more hunger. So the more time you're away, obviously that hunger builds, 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 so that motivation and that grit to want to perform yeah. again, obviously. I agree. Tell me about it. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now, maybe a month, months and a bit now. So, so um, um, like you said, um, I'm really, really looking forward to when it's when tennis resumes. I'm, I'm motivated to play tournaments again, but I can't get my hopes up too early because yeah. it's still June, June and July the 13th, which they've, which they've said no tennis before. So yep. it's still a while to go. Um, but by the time that everything goes back to normal, I'll definitely be keen to to get out there and play some tournaments for sure. And do you still keep in contact with your coaches? What type of bond do you have with your coaches? Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, stay in contact with him via WhatsApp as much as I can. Yep. But it's a, you know, there's only a certain amount of things you can do. He, he, he lives in Europe. Yep. So, so we're just trying to communicate um, with, with in terms of what drills he wants me to work on or... Um, is there any specific on my serve that he, he would like me to do? So just little things like that we we discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like I said, he can't. He's not here. So yeah, it's um, it's purely me, my younger brother, and um, yeah, just just trying to just trying to work on the little things at the moment. And what's one attribute you'd suggest to any young junior out there listening that wants to make it on tour? What's one thing that's a non-negotiable they need as a tennis player? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I definitely, for me, I think one of the biggest things is persistence. Um, just trying to, just trying to get through, you know, the tough times. Um, I know a lot of players, like we discussed, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of pressure. Um, yep. Maybe some bad losses when they're younger and kind of deters them away from wanting to keep pursuing their dream. Um, so I think just, you know, just you know, persevering and just just hanging in there and, and slowly just keep trying to improve each year. Yeah. Because uh, I think if you can do that and you can get to the to the futures level, you know that's when the, the most enjoyment intense is. I believe is is when you you know you're playing on the, you're playing for ATP points. You're playing you know to reach your dreams. So persistence, I think, is the biggest thing for I can give as advice for younger players. Yep. Yeah. Also being grateful that they're actually at that position. They're at a professional, semi-professional yeah. level to compete, travel the world with other players around them. 100%. I totally agree. Mark Collins, it was a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, no worries, book. Uh, hope to see you soon, mate. And there you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Alpha Class. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us. If you want to keep up with our movements, please head to our Instagram and Facebook page at Australian Alpha Tennis Academy. I'm your host, Books Kadaka, and I'll see you again next week.